Sorry. There's such an incredible presence of God's peace here tonight. I want to let the presence of the Holy Spirit minister heaven's peace to you. harp from the cloud of heavenly glory washing over your minds
anybody else completely trance out before Joel's bar? <laughs> I was knocked out for 15 minutes. Shaba. That's cool. Looking at the chat. The verse the Lord brought me to was Judges 6.24. Judges 6.24 says, Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. Jehovah, or Yahweh, Shalom. And that feels like the altar today. The Lord is our peace. So if you have any anxiety, any stress, worry, doubt, fear, cares, worries, put it on the altar of peace. And just by faith, release it from your mind and give it to the Lord is our peace. in your peace today. You know how he does that? With his angel armies against your spiritual enemies in flesh. Thank you, Father, for the victory. Thank you, Father, for the increase of your peace of the increase of Jesus Christ's peace and government. There shall be no end. A greater peace you have never known before. In a greater glory you have never tasted before. The Lord enjoys increasing himself and blowing our minds every day in new substances we've never experienced in any way. We thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is our peace. Oh, he's taken me into an encounter. The altar of peace of Gideon. Anybody know what it is? It's the cross. Perfected peace for your heart, for your mind, for your relationships and finances, for your entire existence in all realms, natural and spiritual. The cross has perfected it all, and there is no longer a fall. 
Thank you for this blissful rum. Genesis 15, 15, and you shall go to your fathers in peace. Amen. <laughs> Who are your fathers? Genesis 15, 15, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall go into the cloud of witnesses. You shall go to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You shall go to Ezekiel, Daniel, and all the prophets. You shall go to Peter, James, and John. You shall go to your fathers in peace. understanding from the throne of God and the Lamb let it flow a river of peace through our flesh it up. The Spirit's doing something different tonight. The Holy Spirit wants to minister peace. <laughs> I love all the different manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Sometimes it's a lion's roar. Other times it's a gentle river, a quiet stream, refreshing green grass, open fields of Eden, mountain tops of gold and spice other times it's just peace and it's really nice love your ways father he wants you to encounter new stuff stir your imagination and creativity sometimes we get in a rut called complacency where we're just doing the same stuff all the time and God's just gonna mix it up 
That's why he comes with the whirlwind. The whirlwind comes to raise us in an elevation, to stir us up far beyond anything we've ever experienced before. It's important to the Father that you grow from glory to glory as peace to peace in your households, in your relationships, in your businesses, most importantly with the Lord of Peace, the Prince of Peace, the God of Peace that crushes Satan and all his fear and anxiety under your flesh, under your feet. Notice where the peace is in the armor of God. The feet. The feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. <laughs> you know why? Because peace crushes snakes. Sin always stirs up fear, anxiety, worry, panic. Greed and lust, it's all serpents do's. Tempting sin. Peace crushes it under your feet. Sin is crushed by your feet. Completely put on with the gospel of peace. Walk in peace. Climb Mount Zion in peace. Grow in peace. Your walk is a walk of ever-increasing peace. <laughs> not war and then peace. That's not how it works. Ever-increasing peace. And the stuff on the outside becomes under your feet, making peace. So what's the revelation? Putting it underneath you and walking on it is how you make peace. What's the blessing of sonship? The ability to trample anything that steals peace with your physical feet. Because then it can't touch your heart, it can't touch your mind, can't touch anything in your life. The gospel makes peace. We release the gospel of peace upon all your lives tonight. Let it wash your feet with cream and butter, with favor like oil and butter. Let there be such a supernatural peace from the physical feet of Jesus imparted into your feet. And everywhere you walk, you trample stress and fear underfoot. There's a river that flows out of your feet. It's written in Job 29. My feet were covered in a river of oil. Thank you for a greater peace. 
Glory. I don't think I've ever been knocked out like that in a supernatural trance before Joel's bar. I laid down on the beanbag out there and I was just out. The kavad was so strong. And it was only 22. I remember looking at the watch and just, I'm just gonna rest here for a little bit. When I came back, it was 5-2. And I mean, it felt like I was just completely gone, out of body, out of the earth for 15 minutes. Everything shifted so significantly. It's like a different Joel's bar after that supernatural trance. <laughs> you know what the trance did? Imparted peace to my soul. Thank you, Father, for it. Let that increase now be imparted into everybody tuning in. Just close your eyes and take a breath. Impartation from the heavenly realm often comes through breathing. Isn't that what Jesus said in the gospel? He breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So impartation and receiving the new thing that Jesus was walking in was imparted by breathing and receiving breath. <laughs> I remember Bob Jones saying, Ascension is as easy as closing your eyes, lifting your hands, and taking some deep breaths. Just ascend with me a little tonight. Close your eyes. Lift your hands to your fathers in peace. They'll take you by the hand. Some of you will feel the angels on your hands. Some of you feel the cloud of witnesses take you by the hand. And ascend in peace. Climbing Mount Zion is an ascension of peace. <laughs> Just five deep breaths into your nostrils with your eyes closed and your hands raised into the glory. You feel that come right off your shoulders. The breath of life belongs to the believers. The name of God, Holy Spirit, means breath of life, the Ruach HaKadosh. Four more.
<laughs> nice to have a little rapture of peace once in a while. Just get completely whacked out of your senses and go unconscious. Isn't it nice what the spirit does to us? I appreciate it. And it's an anointing. It's an oil. It's an oil for change. You're not going to be doing ministry the way you've known before. He doesn't want you to. He wants to do a new thing. You know, God doesn't like religion. He doesn't like tradition. He forbids it in the Bible. Sometimes we get into these grooves of charismatic activity and charismatic works, and God's just sick of it. He is. He's sick of it. And he just was like, send a whirlwind upon them. Upon their whole life, upon their ministry, their relationship with God. He wants to put a whirlwind in your relationship with him and just stir it up. Man, we got all these ideas of how it should look like. I'm telling you, he's going to do a new thing that's going to require you to just get out of your brain. <laughs> He wants your spirit to be lifted higher. This is how he raptures us. You want to live in constant ecstasy? It's constant brain off of your spirit. Your head is too heavy. And your heart isn't stirred up enough. So the rapture and the trance and the heavy kavad, which is the drunken glory, the kavad, it's surgery anointing. It supersedes the natural senses so that the Holy Ghost can stir up the new thing in your hearts. <laughs> he wants to do a new Joel's bar. Joel's new bar. <laughs> that was the prayer today. Lord, make our minds sweet and delicious. Lord Jesus, we pray that you'd make our minds sweet and delicious. A delicious mind. You know, a delicious mind that's infused with supernatural glory and joy and bliss when you get around it it'll emanate and saturate and marinate right through you there's an impartation out of the sweetened mind the bible actually says the whole elevation of the lower base nature is in the seriousness and bitterness and naturalness of the brain. The brain carries the curse of the lower elevations. Mostly unaware because the person doesn't know there's anything else because 
That's all we've experienced so far. And so he sends Elijah's war one, which is sending the out-of-control prophetic. The wild, test-your-fruit prophetic that's going to be uncomfortable because we're used to just living in these bodies, but now we need to live in the body of his wild whirlwind. There's a body of whirlwind, a body of a mighty rushing river, a mighty laughing tongues of fire, a mighty joy that it's so overwhelming to the senses, sometimes he'll just have to knock you out. When he does the big upgrades, you're unconscious. A lot of times when you're sleeping. Some of the biggest breakthrough you ever have in your life Remember Bob Jones? Him saying if the spiritual warfare against you gets strong, just lie down and take a nap. <laughs> Lord, is this your biggest battle? <laughs> Bro, you just need to put your cell phone down and go outside your house and enjoy some fresh air. <laughs> yeah. You get so connected to electronics sometimes you get so connected to the earth that you just need to disconnect your brain and you know what disconnects your brain mighty rushing wind ezekiel prophesied to the four winds of heaven it's what looses you from what the valley of dry bones what's the valley of dry bones the earth the surface of the earth is the valley of dry bones that's where dead bones are buried about six feet under the soil and the crust of the earth and it's called dry bones what makes them dry is that they're dead amen that's what the bible says prophesy to the dead bones in the valley of dead bones dry bones on the surface of the earth where is salvation needed where is the god of elijah where is the god of peace that crushes dryness and the valley of the shadow of death needed on the surface of the earth what walks upon the surface the feet where is the gospel of peace it's on our feet we bring the glory the whirlwind the fire the oil the butter the wine into the surface of the earth into the valley of dry bones i tell you the truth the body of christ is the embodiment of the four winds of heaven four winds of heaven represent all the air of eden paradise that inside you the kingdom of heaven is the very breath of the third heaven of god's peace that has never known war there's air that has never had any hostility in it any stress any worry there's sin free air which is the four winds of heaven in your spirit it's that air that breath of life the ruach hakadesh that gives the new creature in christ its very life we've all read heaven awaits the bride by anna roundtree and she says in that book 
that the angelic greeting is the exchange of the breath of life angel to angel. I tell you, it's the exchange of Christian spirit to Christian spirit as well. The release of the air of heaven, the mighty rushing wind of heaven, the breath of God in heaven, in your body, exchanged into another believer, is actual fellowship. Now where is the breath? Inside the Word. The Word requires the breath in it to be audibly spoken into the valley of dry bones. That's why he says, prophesy to the valley. Don't prophesy to the heavens. Don't prophesy to the third heaven. They don't need any prophecy there at all. The only place prophecy is needed, which is the creative word full of the breath of life, is in the surface of the earth where the bones are dry and dead. Now what happens when you bring the word full of the breath? They begin to rattle. What is that? They're coming alive as a vast army. Let's go there. Shaba. Easy kill. 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass round about among them, and behold, there were very many human bones in the open valley or plain, and behold, they were very dry. <laughs> I don't know why that got me so drunk. <laughs> Something about talking about dryness and death that just gets me drunk. I think it's the spirit laughing at the devil or something. I don't even know. I'm just experiencing it. I don't understand half the stuff I experience. I just enjoy experiencing it. I don't even need to know, and I don't care. It's just nice to be in the river, amen? <laughs> Greeks seek knowledge. We're not Greeks at all. There's zero Greekness around here. There's a lot of geekness. We're geeking in the glory, but not too much Greekness. Not too much seeking knowledge, amen? He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Oh Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Oh, you dry bones. <laughs> <laughs> Hear the word of the Lord. Thus 
says the Lord God to these bones. Say my bones. Oh, he's talking to your bones tonight. Hallelujah. Behold, I will cause breath and spirit to enter you. Say enter me. Breath and spirit to enter you. And you shall live. Say I shall live. Because the entrance of the breath and the entrance of the spirit. Amen. And I will lay sinews upon you and bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin. I know it's wine skin. Hallelujah. <laughs> cover us with new wine. Amen. That sounds like a race. A new wine skin. That's your race. That's the blood race of Jesus. It's a race of creatures. I wouldn't call them human beings because that's not true. But I'd call them creatures. You have different skin. A spiritual skin no longer identified with Nimrod's nations Babylon's 70 nations remember the Tower of Babel that's where you got ethnicities if you identify with the flesh you're under Nimrod if you have a new wine skin you're under Christ as a new nation Peter says the same thing a holy nation what does holy nation mean set apart from the earth set apart from humankind no longer humankind now literally divine kind after God's own kind is it creaturedom it's creatordom it's a new creature in Christ but the creature is a creator because it's born of God's seed the word seed there means genetics Born of God's genetics, you're born creators. And what is the creator's skin? What is the creator's race? You know what it is? Joy. Joy is a race. It's true. Peace is a racial term for the principality and prince of peace. You know principality because we've been in all that strange warfare, ground warfare, wrestling, having a hard time in the Valley of Dry, dry Bones, deaths around every corner. But when you realize what race you are of, born again, of the spirit win that cannot sin and only win never lose because you're on the Holy Ghost booze amen so just hit the snooze wow that was the some strange things going on in here tonight what did I just hear? <laughs> I don't even want to say what I just heard. It was so wild. Oh, Lord, just increase. 
your whirlwind, your peace, your, your breath inside these souls, inside these wineskins. The wineskin is the container of the glory of God. But what's the container of the glory of God? The thing about being a container of the glory, born creators, Yahweh producing Yahwehs, God of gods, amen, it is written. Have I not said you are gods, you are Yahwehs, not some kind of ants on the earth, but literally gods in the heavenlies. God gives birth to gods. Sound doctrine, bro. Sound doctrine. Drives the demon-possessed religious people crazy. Because they don't walk in it and the demons in them don't want them to know about it. They're anti-revelation. To be anti-revelation is to be anti-Christ. Because the revelation is Christ. The living, breathing substance in us that reveals the salvation package in us that's unraveling through revelating and levitating and intoxicating in the glory, encountering new things every day as we live out his story. Lamb's Book of Life Reality. What page are you on? The page of life. What are you reading? The words of life, all of them infused with the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is the very manifest glory of God in you. Notice that the cup of the new covenant is in his blood, but the blood is under the skin. The blood is within. The blood is invisible to the natural realm unless it, it's cut and it then it's poured out and becomes visible but it's meant to be invisible it represents god inside you under your skins god within you flowing through your veins and arteries the winds of heaven flowing through your veins and arteries blood is produced in the bones and the blood receives the breath in the bones and in the marrow by the word that is filled with the four winds of heaven. Prophesy to the four winds of heaven, which means fill your words with the Holy Ghost and speak them into the natural realm on the surface of the earth and attack the enemy. Attack them with peace, with the word of heaven, with the elevation of God's throne, with justice, with righteousness. Gideon, whose altar is called peace in Judges, how did he produce an altar of peace? He had the altar of peace before he even drank. A lot of times we don't even know what we have. God will just give us this huge, gigantic impartation of salvation. Later on, we realize the glory. You got Christ at birth. No one has ever realized what they got at birth. You can't. Because the brain can't comprehend it, the Bible says. The carnal man, the reasonable man, the man in his head and his mind can't comprehend Christ in his own spirit. 
only through direct revelation of Christ in your spirit, burning the brain, can it be felt through the body. The increase of Christ in you is an increase in feelings. It's an increase of emotion. Peace is a feeling. I feel so peaceful today. You're telling me that growing in feelings is actual maturity? No, the Bible's telling you that. The exact opposite of growing in the fruits of the Spirit, which are all feelings, I feel so joyful. So maturity is the feeling of joy. Maturity is the feeling of peace. Bob Jones says love is the most important thing that you feel. The most important thing is that you feel loved. Which means the soul can only grow through feelings. So revelation is a carrier of what? What's the seed of the tree of life? God's own feelings. Progressively felt by you as you learn how to receive the word. So when you eat the word into your spirit, you're eating feelings. Corn flakes, feeling flakes. That's what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that the impartation of God is eating the feelings of God. Not the knowledge of God. Not the reason of God. None of that. Don't even call it wisdom unless it's infused with feeling. That's why it's called mixed wine. Mixed wine makes you feel a certain way. You feel drunk. You feel wasted. Thank you for doing a deep work in our hearts. A deep work in our brains. Our brains need surgery. If you realized how much you need these feelings in your brain, I mean, you're, you're stage four, terminal. And it's the situation on the earth is so desperate, but the enemy has us so deceived. We're basically terminal stage four right now. And the only healing available is in the feelings of the Holy Ghost. It's true. No one ever grows in Christ unless they grow in the feelings of love, joy, and peace. The kingdom of God is love, joy, and peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. So the kingdom is the kingdom of feelings. Enemies kingdom of religion against that. I'm against that teaching. I don't have that feeling. That's why they have no glorified personality. That's why they don't know what bliss is. The path of the unbeliever, the Bible says, is completely devoid of bliss because they've hardened their hearts towards the feeling of the Lord who's entered joy. Oh, 
making straight the way of the Lord. This is what the Spirit's saying right now. I'm going to make straight the way of the Lord before His second coming. You know, the Bible says that John the Baptist made straight the way of the Lord. How many of y'all know we're John the Baptist's company? Making straight the way of the Lord. Truth, anyhow. Making straight the way of the Lord is restoring you to eating and drinking the Spirit of God's feelings. Which is returning you to the wine vine that most of you are disconnected from right now. You're not connected. You're not living attached to the vine of feeling a certain way all the time imparted through your heart, but he's also tonight imparting it into your bones. He's doing a work in the bones, deep in the bones, in the production of the manifestation of the light and life that's in the blood through the bones and the bones receive the word of God. How many of y'all know you can choose if your bones receive the gospel? Some of you have the gospel in your spirit a little bit, but you don't have the gospel in your bones. And that's why you don't feel it. And that's why there's a disconnect and a hardness. You have to get your bones saved. The Bible says your bones need to be saved. That's in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God, the gospel, separates bone from marrow. And if the bone is separated from the marrow, then the bone needs to be saved and the marrow needs to be saved. That there needs to be the word in the bone. You have over 200 adult bones. Each one needs to accept Jesus Christ as its Lord and Savior. Amen? <laughs> Truth in you. You know, you know, a real hard time until the bones are saved. Extremely difficult. You'll actually be in hell. You'll be in Egypt. Joseph gave instructions about his bones, Scripture says, and how they must go into Zion. Zion is the spirit. Are your bones in the spirit? When your bones are in the spirit, you're on autopilot. Your skull is bone structure. Imagine your skull and the marrow inside your skull releasing the word of God and its glory encapsulating your brain. I'd call that the helmet of salvation. Why do you need to put on a helmet over this brain? How, what covers the brain? What covers the head? A skeleton structure. And then skins right over the bones. Right? All of it progressively experiencing salvation. Most miserable, most miserable people are the ones that only have fire insurance or a, a spiritual salvation. They've only allowed Jesus into their spirit and their spirit's often buried by worldliness. The Lord our God is a jealous consuming fire. He's jealous to save the rest of you, 99% of the rest of you so that you're only experiencing heaven in your blood, in your veins, in your arteries. You can feel the bliss coming out of your fingertips. 
How many of you guys feel the electricity in your fingers? That buzzing. That salvation shared with your fingers. Your fingers need to get saved. Your eyes need to get saved. Jesus taught this. He says, pluck it out if it rejects salvation. If part of your physical body doesn't get saved, you just remove it physically. That's what Jesus said. Because the body also makes decisions for Christ. The flesh also makes decisions. This is the Valley of Dry Bones. This is the teaching of salvation for your skeletal structure. You, the only way to go on autopilot to have a perfect life in the realm of the natural is Ezekiel 37. Otherwise, if it's just spirit, it's Gnosticism. Gnosticism will destroy your life. That the natural realm doesn't need to be saved is total heresy. It's mental illness. It's madness. Because that's the devil's territory. And if you save the natural realm, the devil no longer has territory. Do you understand? That's why there's a resistance there against the angels of light that deceive, that say salvation is only spiritual. How many of you guys know it's wrong? It's totally demonic to say salvation is only spiritual. It's demonic. Salvation is equally natural, first in the natural, then in the spiritual. God created the natural, and God is salvation, the light of salvation. God is looking to restore all things, not spirit things, which is material objects. That's what the Bible says, Acts 3.21. God remains in heaven. Jesus Christ won't come back. There's no second coming until after all natural things are restored, is what the Bible teaches. So first and foremost, the restoration of our things, like our skeletal structure, has to happen by the breath of life in the bones, by the bones receiving the word. The will of your soul is in the bones. The mind of your soul is in the brains. The emotions of your souls are in your hearts. So the manifestation of spiritual salvation must come forth through the entire soul, heart, brain, and all your bones for perfected peace. The Father desires more than anything for His children to have peace. In order to have peace, it requires revelation. You're going to need teaching on how your bones are saved, how your brains get saved, how your hearts get saved, circumcision of the heart, the altar of peace for your minds, the altar of peace for your bones. Gideon built an altar and he named it, The Lord is Peace. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, your bones, just say my bones. Thus says the Lord God to my bones. This is what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches. Let he who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to your bones. Behold 
Behold, I will cause breath and spirit to enter you, and you shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin. And I will put breath and spirit in you, the spirit breath. And you dry bones shall live, and you shall know and understand and realize. Oh, we're going to realize that I am the Lord, the sovereign ruler who calls forth loyalty and obedient service. You know why there's very little loyalty? Mostly strife, honestly. That's almost mostly what we deal with is strife. But I am the Lord, the sovereign ruler, who calls forth loyalty and obedient service. Service, Ezekiel 37, 6. Loyalty, the Bible says, obedient service is only possible if the will of your bones receives the gospel. You know why we don't have loyalty like we should in the body of Christ? Because people aren't teaching salvation to the bones. The will of the soul is in the bones. In order for you to have loyalty, Scripture says, obedient service requires salvation and the word to be received into the bones. Prophesy to the bones, which means speak to the bones. Not prophesying to your spirit. Not prophesying to your heart. That's not what God said. God said, speak to their bones. Put the word in their bones. I need to save their wills because they can't even get into faithfulness. They can't get into obedience. Obedience ain't even possible until their bones get saved, is what the Bible says. Realize I am the Lord, the sovereign ruler who calls forth loyalty and obedient service. So I prophesy. What is prophecy? Speaking the word of God. Are all words prophetic? Only words with the four winds of heaven in them. Only words with Eden in them. You know what a prophetic word is? It ain't fortune cookie Christianity. That's an abomination. Prophecy is the word filled with the breath that is breathed in the Garden of Eden. If the breath of Eden is in the word, you could be talking about flying hockey pucks and moose and elk and, and bear and reindeer, and it's a prophetic word because it's a living word, because it has the spirit breath of Eden inside it. Truth in you. So that's why prophetic always is offensive to the unprophetic or to the dead and the dying. Unprophetic means that the word doesn't have Eden's spirit breath in it. The prophetic is simply speaking the words out of your mouth full of Eden's spirit breath. Do you realize the circumcision of your heart is learning how to re-communicate through these bodies as temples of Eden's spirit breath? Speak life. Your words will be your judges, Jesus Christ said in the Bible. Your words are your judges. How many want their words to be the judges of the Garden of Eden orbiting around your souls? 
That's why you feel blissed out all the time, because you completely repented the words that are judging you around your brain. So your senses are only enjoying the feelings of the Garden of Eden. If you're not feeling love, joy, peace, it's because your atmosphere is horrible. They call it toxic, bitter, wormwood. It's because they believe the bad report, therefore they died in the wilderness, which means they allowed words around them, which was allowing the fallen angels to lord over their souls. You realize that's what they did? In the invisible dimension, they allowed demons to be their god. And the Bible says it. That's why the Israelites died even after the exodus out of Egypt. They were delivered from physical demons, Egyptians. Pharaoh and his armies died physically, but Pharaoh and his armies did not die spiritually. That required Zion, Jordan, and the Promised Land. But because they re they rejected the spiritual purity of the word saving them at a physical level in bones, they died in the wilderness. Their bones are still there, right over there, just disintegrated. It's part of the dust blowing around in the desert right now. Mixed with the Jewish DNA of four million people that rejected crossing the river. The river that comes from the cross. You realize that's why people perish because of the dryness of the lack of the river that comes only through the crucifixion with Christ. And only one thing crucifies us with Christ. Christ is in heaven. The word that comes from heaven is the crucifixion of the cross of the Lamb of God. You get into heaven through the word. Moses walked on sapphire pavement into heaven. Was the revelation of the cross? Yeah. They threw the branch into the bitter waters and it became sweet and they all drank of it. The cross sweetens the bones. The cross sweetens and makes the brain, the mind, delicious. You know, a greater glory is your, your mind emanating a sweetness. It is delicious mental rays coming out of your head. It's a halo of deliciousness. Christ in you, your halo. What's the crown of life? A crown of life or a helmet of salvation is having the sweetness of the child Jesus beaming through your brains. So we're getting to the place where the full armor of God is on, which is the full feelings of how he's feeling today inside and outside. Amen? And the Spirit of God says in order for this group of people to experience that and the Father's will for your life is that you experience it in a much greater way, He needs to get your bones saved. You need revelation on how the natural man's soul, your soul, gets lifted up. The bones must get lifted up with the Spirit. You can't leave your bones behind. If you leave your bones behind, you'll still die, even though you're great in the spirit. And that doesn't represent God at all. Even if you're great in spirit and you have awesome fellowship in spirit, if naturally you're not having awesome fellowship, if naturally you're not climbing the mountain of transfiguration, you're down in the dirt, down in the dust, down in the dumps, 
down in religion and rebellion, it's no good. No good at all. The body of Peter, James, and John had to physically go up the mountain in the new covenant, representing your physical ascension, mirroring your spiritual ascension. Spiritual ascension's wonderful. We need to live ascended and then take the word of God to peg your spirit in an ascended place. And it often comes accompanied with angel feathers. The angel feathers represent the seal of a new elevation for your spirit. Now, your heart, your brain, and your bones over the days and the months following will join your spirit in a higher vibration. The mountaintops are physical places. Remember, Satan brought Jesus on the tops of the mountains and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Was Jesus out of body? No. He was in the flesh with his bones on the tops of mountains in a physical elevation. True story. The Bible says it. He wasn't just spiritually ascending. These weren't just spiritual experiences. These were physical and natural experiences with a spirit that works through the natural realm, an elemental spiritual force of wickedness called Satan. That's what the Bible calls him. A spiritual force of wickedness is an elemental. What is elemental? Natural. Elemental means natural spirit of wickedness. It's a natural spirit. That's what demons are. Satan's a demon. A demon is just a disembodied angel or an angel that's lost its innocence. It's an angel that's lost its innocence. That's what an elemental force of wickedness is. So in order to conquer demon spirits, there has to be a natural encounter. Your spirit gets the revelation first, but it's shared with the rest of the temple. Notice that there's a temple and your body is the temple. God created the temple perfect. He's not fixing a mistake. He's just revelating you to original design and the word comes in and does the revelating. It's not even remodeling. There's no remodeling. There's no changing. The word doesn't change. It's the brain transformed, transfigured by the renewing of the mind. The mind gets illuminated by the gospel. The mind gets expanded by the word to salvation being a much, much bigger thing than we ever thought. Much bigger. It's universal. It encompasses all creation getting saved in the process of your physical and mental salvation. You notice how much madness is out there? It's extreme, guys. This is no joke. It's the hardest thing you deal with in ministry is the mental illness. And it's a lot, a lot of Christians are severely mentally ill. The mind is part of the soul that needs the salvation that's inside the spirit. What the demons do is they stop the salvation in the spirit from entering the brain or entering the bones so that the brain and the bones are not even saved. They're in the valley of death. It's just totally demonized. In Jesus' day, it was called Gehenna, that the brain and the bones are in Gehenna. No, the spirit would go into Abraham's bosom. The spirit is in heaven. The spirit believes in Jesus. But if it's not shared with parts of your soul, you have a horrible life tormented by demons. Truth and yeah. So what God the Father wants to do in order to increase your peace is get your heart, your emotions saved, 
your brain, your mind saved, and your bones. But the emphasis tonight is on the bones, which is the will. A lot of people have been praying for obedience, because you know you can't grow without obedience, and, and faithfulness and loyalty to the Lamb of God. We don't want to be disloyal. You don't want to look at Judas Iscariot and just be that betrayer. But the only way to not betray him and to not forsake him, even Peter forsook him, the only way is salvation in the bones. That the will has the same amount of salvation in it as the spirit. Then it's easy. Then you're with him at the cross and you're not even thinking about it. You're just moved by the spirit because your spirit's with God. And since your bones are as saved as your spirit is, your body's there too. And that was the case with John the Beloved and the three Marys. It had penetrated their bones. Only four people in Israel out of 10 million got their bones saved. That's why there's only four at the cross. Only four believers in the universe were at Calvary. Only four. Four and no more. And that's because they had a different level of salvation. The ones that only had it in spirit strike the shepherd, the sheep are scattered. Flakes. Spiritual flakes. Drunken glory flakes. Now if it's rock solid in the bones, it's a fortress of wine. It's a totally different standard of loyalty. It's a totally different standard of faithfulness. Moses, faithful in all God's house, his bones blazing with the glory physically. He was in a physical encounter on the outside, and that's why there was such a total loyalty. Hallelujah. And so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a thundering noise and behold a shaking and trembling and a rattling and the bones came together bone to its bone the bones got into obedience the will was given to the altar of peace tonight you see what the spirit's doing he wants you to give the will part of your soul to the altar of peace and in these words, there's all kinds of levels of salvation going on in your natural man. He's getting your natural man aligned with your spirit man. Sometimes they're disconjointed. Sometimes the natural man is pulling you a different direction than the spirit man and it causes great sorrow, great betrayal, great forsaking of him, great disloyalty. But the natural man that's caught up to the spirit man. So it's the same loyalty on the inside as on the outside. The spirit's in the bones. The spirit breath is in the bones. The word of God is in the bones. Puts your bodies on autopilot in God's will. And that's where you want to get. That's where you want to be. Everything easy. Everything light. Remember the yoke? Where's the yoke go? On the outside. The yoke is for the soul. You're yoked in your soul to the Lamb of God. The easy and light that you desire for the salvation for the soul, which is the natural man, requires the gospel to go into the heart and brains and bones in a deeper and more thorough, thorough level. And this is the depths of true spirituality is that the spirit goes into the bones. That the spirit is working naturally. Angels and ministering spirits sent to inherit salvation 
They don't have the work in your spirit. Your spirit saved and already bears the image of God. They're working in the soul and the body to get the soul as saved as the spirit and to get the body as saved as the spirit. That's the only place you don't have salvation and why you're aging, decaying, and dying. Because it's not saved. There's no death in salvation. We need to save our bodies. God wants to save our bodies. He wants to save our bones. This reverse aging prophecy that's been in the prophetic church of America for 40 years, how people in their 70s, 80s, and 90s will have reverse aging back into their 20s, only going to happen if the gospel gets in your bones. It'll never happen any other way. It's not just going to be. He wants you to understand his ways. We're coming into a place of maturity where it's not just a magic wand over your heads and you get it. You're understanding all the ways of the Father, understanding the works of the Word. This is how you become rulers with him for a thousand years. Revelation 5.10 Only if you understand how the Word is saving you in all the different plumbing of the temple. We really get it in the spirit because we can easily say we have a spiritual gospel to save my spirit. Where we really miss it and confuses us because of how much demonic involvement's in the elements or the natural is how the word saves the natural. And it's equally as spiritual as saving the spirit. And it's the restoration of all things, the saving of the natural with the spiritual both get saved salvation for your whole house to be saved which is your whole natural environment when you go home when you go home you're living in a realm of walls windows ceilings floors backyard your car is a realm of salvation for your whole entire house to be saved in my father's house. What's the house? It's a dwelling place outside of the spirit for the soul to have an atmosphere that's perfected in peace. Amen. And I looked and behold, and there were sinews upon the bones and flesh came upon them and skin covered them over, but there was no breath and there was no spirit. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath and to the spirit, son of man, and say to the breath and say to the spirit, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath and spirit, and breathe upon these slain that they may live in their bones that they may live in their skeletal structure, that their marrow would be changed to the marrow of the bones of Jesus at the right hand of God at Mount Zion. Come on, salvation for your flesh. We need salvation now for our flesh. Woo, that's why Jesus went around doing good healing everyone. Because his gospel saved them physically. He saved them physically. Not just spiritually. He saved them physically. We need to attack this Gnostic spirit in the charismatic church and get people physically saved. We've got enough fire insurance spiritual salvation for the next millennia 
Now let's get into the restoration of all things. Now let's understand why our spirit has God in it to prophesy. Prophecy is learning how to communicate. Where do we need to communicate? The Valley of Dry Bones. In the natural realm, when the spirit's awakened, now you need to awaken the bones. And they begin to shatter. They begin to splatter. And a shaking and trembling and rattling and the bones came together. Prophesy to the breath and spirit, son of man, and say to the breath and spirit, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, or come from the Garden of Eden. Let the breath and the spirit of Eden come and breathe upon these slain. What does it mean to be slain? What does slain mean? means to be on the earth. Slain means dead. Come and breathe upon these dead. What does it mean to be dead? You understand this? The Bible says to be dead is to be on the earth. These were people that weren't dead, but in God's eyes, they were dead because of the elevation of their souls on the surface of the earth. They were slain and dead already. Jesus said the same thing, didn't he? He said, let the dead bury the dead. They're not dead, are they? And then he said about Lazarus, he's only sleeping. God's perspective is totally different than ours. One's dead in the natural. Jesus said he's sleeping. He's not dead. And the rest are going to funerals, doing their kumbaya services, and Jesus said that's dead burying the dead. He said they're already dead. One's sleeping. You see how it's entirely based on the working of the word. Now go into the word. And the word's perspective is the truth. This is the judgment seat of Christ. This is the throne of the Lamb. This is the rulership of the law of love. This is the lawgiver of Zion. This is the government of God. This is the heavenly Sanhedrin. It's the perspective of the word. And how do we get the perspective of the word? We're sleeping or dead, earthly or heavenly dry or marinated bones you get that perspective by yielding your entire souls to the word getting inside the word meditating on the word day and night always inside your eyes feeling the word seeing the word visions of the word you know every vision you have every dream you have is of the Word of God. You are encountering, you are in the Word. The keys of the kingdom, which means going into realms of the Spirit, all the color of the Spirit, the glory of the Spirit, is through the Word. The Word is heaven. The Word is the kingdom of heaven. And the Word is saving your bones. So I prophesied as He commanded me, and the breath and the spirit came into the bones. It came into the natural realm. It came into the earth. It came into the dirt. It came into your bloodlines. It came into Babylon. It came into the Tower of Babel. 
It came into the Georgia Guidestones. It came into the Sorcerer. It came into the Witch and Warlock. It came into the Politician. It came into the Natural Realm. This is where it came. I prophesied, and the breath and the spirit came into the dry and dead dimension. Into the bones. And they lived. This is how the floods come. This is the days of Noah. This is how you conquer death. You bring the word full of Eden's spirit, Eden's breath, and you speak it out. That's called living by the fruit of your lips. That's living in the glory. You get the choice food, the wisdom of the mature. Why is wisdom spoken amongst the mature? Because they're living out of the fruitfulness of their own words as judges in the peace they've made with their fathers. <laughs> and the word of peace crushed Satan underfoot. And the breath and the spirit came into the bones. So now we're having dealing with salvation in the natural realm. <laughs> the bones are the most surface level of the natural realm. So you could say that bones, now a lot of you have revelation because of the prophetic training over the years. You understand Satan's throne. It's on a mountain of bones. So you're directly combating the angel of death, Abaddon, and the curse of the fall by bringing the spiritual water, the spiritual breath, into the bone realm. This is the conquest of death and hell. I hold the keys of death and hell, which means now, out of your spirit will flow rivers of living water into the bones. You understand this is the reverse of the curse? This is how the days of Noah actually happen or fulfilled? Once you conquer the bone dimension, bone magic, bone sorcery, every Freemason lodge has a skeleton in it, and you lay hands on a, a bone structure of a dead man, and you take a vow to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field to eat and devour your bones, lest you ever break your Masonic vows. Sorcery and witchcraft only work in the bones. This is the where death and hell have reigned. In order to conquer Satan and his angels, there needs to be a release of the breath and the spirit and the word, which is the prophetic, prophesied to the bones. Then it consumes hell. Don't just do it to your neighbor who already believes in Jesus. Whack the dead. Whack your business partners. Prophesy. This is the real prophetic now, Ezekiel. This is prophetic as it gets. Prophecy isn't just for believers. Prophecy is for rulership over the bones of the satanic sorcerers of the death cult that's been ruling in secret societies all your nations since you've been born. This is how you win. Prophecy is the Eden substance in the word that conquers the Valley of Dry Bones, the earth. 
the death dimension. And sorcery is only practiced at a bone level. Which means Satan doesn't have a kingdom if you take the bones. Remember, his throne is only on skulls of dry bones. How does hell dissolve to have no power, zero influence in our society? Ezekiel 37. Releasing the river of life into your cities and nations bone structure. Simple as that. Even those who have been wicked and had power in the past, remember Gideon's 300, that's why we started with Gideon. People who know how to drink, people who have revelation of living water, with altars of peace for the bones. This is not just the altar of peace for your bones. Gideon was the judge of Israel, and Israel was the judge of all nations. This is the altar of the world. This is the world altar. And you put all the skeletal structures of the world, of the nations, on this altar, and you prophesy into the bones, into the marrow, and they thunder. That's how you conquer Satan. You can do it by faith. Some of you are getting visions right now. This altar is working. It's the altar of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit only brings the abilities that Jesus Christ shared with you. You know what abilities those are? Everything that makes God, God. That's the ability that the Holy Spirit shared with you. Everything that makes God, God is shared with you in the Spirit of God. And prophecy is the power that makes it happen. Or to speak in the Spirit. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath and the Spirit came into the bones. And they lived, which is revival, living. And they stood up upon their feet, an exceedingly great host, Joel's army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel, heavenly Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are completely cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up and out of your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back home to the land of Israel. In the new covenant, to the angelic sphere. To the heavenly elevation of perfected peace to the highway of holiness. Far above every unclean thing of the bones. Far above every unclean thing of the realm of the dead. I will bring you home. In a higher land. And it will be a land because your feet will be walking in a higher realm. The glory of God will be in the your toes. The glory of God will be in your the soles of your feet. It'll be in your clothes. It'll be in your shoes. It'll be in your hair. It'll be in your skin. The glory is raising you up and everything around you, the elements are changing and rearranging to mirror the reflection of your spiritual elevation, but it only changes in your house, in your home, in your city, as your brain and your bones go up with your spirit. Then you actually begin to see the God of peace crushing Satan under your feet. 
It requires the salvation for your feet to crush him under your feet. But if you don't believe salvation is for your feet, there's no crushing. If salvation is only for your spirit and you got Gnostic heresy, there's no crushing. Satan's already got you. He's got you in your brain. And that's why your life is a total mess and a disaster. Even though you got great doctrine and you got great teaching, there's no salvation. You still live in the garbage dumps and everything is out of order. We need the sharing of the gospel in the feet. Jesus washed their feet. Why? He was saving their feet. He washed 11 of their feet. Judas had already ran away. Why? Because he was saving their feet. So the gospel be on their feet, in their bones, in their toes. That they would be releasing the river through their feet and their toes. Everywhere you walk will belong to the kingdom of heaven. We've heard that quoted a thousand times. What happens when it begins to start happening? When you start walking through cities like giants of faith and the whole city bows to the glory cloud of your fathers that you're going to in peace. They're bowing to the heavenly government. They're bowing to the heavenly Sanhedrin. They're bowing to the fathers in the cloud of witnesses. They're bowing to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're bowing to Ezekiel and Daniel. They're bowing to the prophets. That's how the prophets get their reward, is when the prophesying consumes the bones, which is the consuming of sorcery, the consuming of witchcraft, the consuming of Gnosticism, and all the error that we've had in Christianity that didn't allow us to conquer fully the gates of hell. Amen? I will bring you home. Ezekiel 37, 12. And you shall know that I am the Lord, your sovereign ruler, when I have opened your graves and caused you to come up and out of your graves, O my people. And I shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land, your promised land where the promises of God are fulfilled and there is not one not fulfilled and they're so fulfilled that you're going to have to find some more promises. Write them down. Oh my gosh, my whole list has already happened. I better write some more down. That's what happens when the breath and the spirit of the word are saving you at a bone level. So where do the promises happen? When the gospel gets into the bones, the promises get fulfilled in the natural realm. Until then, they're not fulfilled. Until then, they're dead and dry, and there's no promises. The Bible says in order to have fulfilled promises, salvation of the word comes with breath and spirit into your bones. In Jesus' name, we bless your bones. So all the promises of God towards you begin to materialize in the natural realm. Just receive it. The angels are going to do it towards you. All you got to do is believe the word. Believe the word. And I, sh and I shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then you shall know and understand and realize 
that I the Lord have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving our bones, saving our bodies, saving our outer man, removing curses from the outer man, belief systems that have agreed with the enemy that says my outer man is not inheriting the salvation of my inner man. It's a covenant with the demon. The demon wants your outer man to be screwed up even if your inner man's saved. That's all the demon can do after you're born again. And if you look around yourself and study church history, the enemy's been very successful in robbing most people of their outer man's inheritance. No more! No more. The outer man will receive the inheritance of the transformed inner man. And the gospel is a complete salvation for spirit, soul, body, city, and nation. And the valley is no longer a valley when the living waters flood it. Now it's the days of Noah. Now it's the promised land. The promised land was shown in Moses' day as a body water. You had it was a different body water. It wasn't the Red Sea. It was a progressive liquid in order to obtain the promised land. It was a type and shadow then. For teaching purposes now, it's a future different liquid, a living water. Revelation speaks of the living water. The living water is the promised land of all the words of God materializing through your bodies, through your temples in the natural realm. So that everywhere you go, it's heaven on earth. Heaven on earth is simply living completely under living water all the time. And if there's a lack of it, it's because there's a lack of the gospel in the bones. So preach the gospel, read the word into your bones. When you study the word, put the word into your bones. Jeremiah 15 says your word is fire in the bones. Your word is living water in the bones. Out of the bones and marrow will flow rivers of living water. Amen. When your bones are saved, they release living water. There's no more dryness. The valley of dry bones, can they live? Ezekiel 47, yeah. From the temple proceeded a river. So you get the revelation of your body as the temple, and now the bones get saved in the river. And now in the river, with the bones releasing living water, all the promises of God are yes and amen. They're far beyond just, there's 32,000 promises towards your soul in the Bible, by the way. 32,000. Basically, anything you could ever imagine times a trillion is what's going to happen. And this stuff will start to happen around you physically as the living water works through the bones. And so we need that understood by everyone. Because a lot of people don't have, they're still on food stamps and stuff like this. And people have struggled with all kinds of natural problems. The Bible says those are fixed as salvation in the word and the spirit and the breath and the water go into the bones. Then the promises are materialized in the natural realm. Then you don't even have, you just, you're so blessed, it just overflows as a blessing to all nations. Only when we're so blessed physically 
mentally, morally, spiritually, but physically, so saved physically, can it ever overflow. Until then, it's just still inside. Your cup doesn't overflow until your brain and bones are saved. There's no outpour, and you can do acts of obedience, but it's still hard. It's still like, oh, that was a real costly act. It was a hard thing, you know? Once your outside's as saved as your inside, nothing's hard. It's all easy and light. Now it's just sharing what's in your spirit, the good news, with the rest of you. A lot of mystics would share the good news with trees. They'd preach to wolves. They'd preach to birds. They'd speak to animals. They would literally prophesy into the bones of the animals. The animals receive water and their bones release living water. You can re release the gospel into a bird and release it in the air. That bird will water the city with living water right through its bones. It's true. Flesh is a container. It's an ark. Animal flesh is an ark of God's glory. The blood of Jesus was shed to put the glory back inside animal flesh. Go and preach this gospel to all creation, it says in Mark. Not just human beings, but preach it to bodies of water, preach it to rivers, preach it to clouds, preach it to the sun and the moon. The Bible says preach it to creation. The word saves creation. You can Google that. Go and preach the gospel to all creation. Because what you're doing is you're putting a programming of the breath and the spirit. And so when sorcerers come around, they reprogram the elements. They try to bring them back under the curse. So the kings of righteousness, the sons of God, keep everything releasing the spirit and the breath and the water. Every cloud. They have to do rituals or practice religion in order to bring creation back under the curse of sin and death. That's why there's so many sorcerers. But the Mount Carmel confrontation that we have on a daily basis, the prophetic versus the pathetic, the realm of the living of the living water versus the realm of the dead of the dry letter, those two confrontations that we wrestle with continuously, in this world, because there's a lot of dead and there's a lot of living, and there's a lot of dead that are trained by demons of the realm of the dead that directly oppose us bringing life. So it's every day is Mount Carmel. Every day of your life is in Mount Carmel. Some in the past you were with the realm of the dead. You were with Jezebel. True then now. Now you're with Elijah. Elijah's in the river. Elijah brings the life. Elijah brings the water. Elijah brings the breath. It's the prophetic, represented by Elijah, that brings all of this out of the third heaven, taking dominion over the second and first. And you do it progressively as you work with Elijah. The more prophetic people around you, you'll grow in prophecy, which is the ability to bring the word into the realm of the dead, into the bones, and slaughter the prophets of Jezebel. What does that mean? Those that speak the words of the fallen angels. That's what the prophets of Asherah and Jezebel were, were ones in agreement with the damned and dead departed spirits of the angels. In agreement with the fallen angels. You'd be surprised how many Christians are in agreement with the damned angels. Now we need to be in agreement with the spirit of prophecy and the testimony of Jesus and cancel those scrolls. Every day, Moses' staff, Aaron's staff, consuming the staffs of 
Jannies and Jambres, which is devouring the words in the elements. Sometimes the elements, listen guys, overturning Roe versus Wade is a victory for the elements. It's already different. It's already different. You can feel it because curses and sorcery require murder. In order for Cain to be Satan's son, he had to kill. Because Satan was a killer from the beginning. So the Bible says. And Cain was of his father the devil, Peter says. In order to practice the fallen angels, you have to kill and lie and steal with the fallen angels. That realm, and if you stop them from killing and they can't kill anymore, how many of you know the, the father of Cain no longer has influence in the realm of the natural? And that's what's happening in America. The father of Cain and Tubal Cain and the, the bloodlines of Babel and Nimrod and Antichrist and the, the wicked Illuminati families that are those same bloodlines here today in Europe and in Switzerland and those places that make world decisions, the globalism and all that real stuff that we've been wrestling against as the free people of the Holy Spirit, all of that is losing power. It's losing. It's wickedness on the highest level that is losing to righteousness that's not on the highest level. Most of us are barely prophetic. It's like 12-year-old David who's never picked up a sword before, never had armor, and he's taken out the strongest soldier of Satan's kingdom, and he's a total idiot. 12-year-old doesn't know nothing. No revelation. That is literally where Joel's army's at right now. 12-year-old David. You got faith, you got zeal, and that's all you need right now. Later on, you can learn wisdom. Later on, you can mature in all the prophecy and all the protocol and all that stuff. But it's just that childlike faith of David at 12 that's taken out these world-powerful systems, literally the Illuminati, literally, Literally, the sorcerers have been trained by fallen angels for hundreds and hundreds of years, and the bones, and the marrow, and, and the very mutilation of human DNA is at such a diabolical level of mirroring the fallen angels that their, their sons and daughters are in direct connection through them all over the world. All over the world. That it's common that people are that deep in darkness and discipled in darkness. Not like Wiccan witchcraft. I'm talking about real sons and daughters of the devil as you and I are sons and daughters of the living God. Where it's just a rock-solid covenant that I'm moved as a temple of that entity automatically in my DNA coding. Because it's been with my generation for hundreds and hundreds of years getting trained in this stuff. That's why it's always generational. You give your children on altars. It's true. To be in that deep with the devil, you sacrifice them as babies. Not necessarily with the sword, but to the angels. And not good ones. That's normal in the deep, real occult. It, with the sorcerers. That's normal in true Babylonian, which is Egyptian sorcery. That's why there's pyramids in America. What is? Why is Egypt still here? Because we still have Egyptian sorcery. And the end of Egypt's sorcery is the manifestation of the sons of God by releasing the word of God into the Egyptians' bones. That's how they drowned underwater. 
There was prophecy. The word of God went forth from the prophet, separated the Red Sea, and it drowned their bones. You will not have the victories you desire in America. We have a little victory. We're going to have a lot more. But as you learn how to talk out of the living water, fully God inside minded, you're going to have real, real victory. Much bigger than this. Much bigger than just David at 12. David at 35, ruling the whole world. Hello? He went from just being mocked by brothers, Saul feeling bad for him, like he's probably a little crazy, trying to give him his armor in the Bible, to King of Kings and Lord of Lords in just a matter of 25 years. That's 25 years of your spiritual growth in wisdom. Understand, revelation saves your spirit. Wisdom saves your souls. Revelation saves your spiritual man. Wisdom saves your natural man. Notice, a lot of the prophets that had great revelation had terrible medical problems. Terrible. Their organs were exploding. They were just a total mess. They had the, some of the greatest revelation of all time from these men, these prophets. Revelation is not enough. Revelation only saves your spirit. Your spirit's huge in heaven. But in the realm of the natural, to have perfect health, it has to have equal wisdom with the revelation. Not just revelation. You need to understand this. Revelation saves your spirit. Wisdom saves your bones. Wisdom saves your flesh. The greater your wisdom, coupled with revelation, is heaven on the inside, heaven on the outside. And we're going to grow in re revelation and wisdom from the Father of glory, Ephesians 1 says. Intimate. It'll be an intimate revelation. It'll be an intimate wisdom of how these temples in God's original design from God's own word restores all things spiritually. There are spirits that are being removed, so there's a spiritual restoration, but then all things as well, all the elements, all the silver and gold, all the finances, all the governments of the nations. It's huge. How about saving nations, governments? Can you imagine what kind of joy would be on the earth if the governments were fully glorified and there's no longer war? Earth could be the most splendid, happiest, blissful place. Everyone would be living in ecstatic joy. When governments get saved and the government of God will transform and disciple all governments and it already is it's just devil the devil wants all the strong most powerful stuff and so he got himself in governments so we're wrestling against all the devils and all the governments and the government of christ and his peace shall ever increase as you learn how to prophesy into the bones and governments will shake everything can be shaken will be shaken when you baptize nations in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, go and disciple nations, baptizing them in the living water. You are discipling governments over nations. You are changing the world when you understand how the living waters flow out of Eden in your spirit with your fully circumcised heart and your mind illuminated to the ability of the Word. What's the ability of the Word? Revelation 19 says, King of kings and Lord of lords. 
That's the ability of the world. Word. Total rulership of the world. The ability of the word of God already in you. Now you just realize it and begin to walk in it. Get all that, those feelings healed up. It's for the spirit only. And not these other spirits that's still in your confidence. To desire him more so that stuff falls off with a progressive desire. As you love him more, you'll love those demons less. You'll love those sins, those pet sins, those repetitive sins, those secret sins, those places of lust in the DNA. You'll love them less until you forget about them altogether and be like, man, I forgot I even stopped sinning. I just desired him more. And so all the prophetic is to increase your desire for Jesus more until you're just completely infatuated with God. It's good to make God, God. An all-consuming God, which means there's there's nothing in your peripheral. There's no memory of anything else except always being in the glory of God. That's how you get healed from your memories, is by design, desiring more of God until that's an all-consuming past, present, and future great I Am. And the glory of the great I Am will be your past. And the glory of the great I Am will be your present. Your presence. Yahweh Shama. I am your present. I am your presence, and the glory of the great I am will be your future. That's why your future is filled with great hope. Because the I am is your future. He's already in your future. Now if you can listen to him in the present, he'll just remove all the demonic, he'll remove, and he'll heal your DNA. He'll put his word in your bones. He'll metamorphosize your brain. He's going to share all his life with your life and your blood through your heart on earth as it is in heaven. And he'll completely perfect you every day of your life. You'll always go from glory to glory. This is the greatest covenant promise. There will always be an ever-increasing light, which is a glory. If you can agree with the word and keep in union and covenant with the word of God in your spirit. And just keep going to the Word in your spirit with all your heart and all your mind, seeking the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, growing in love towards your neighbor, growing in love towards your enemies. And that will dramatically increase the glory in your souls, the glory in your temples, to the very nature of the Father getting magnified as rivers of glory through your souls. A people that walk in this level of unconditional love will drown the nations. You know, eventually love covers a multitude of sins, but then as love intensifies and we're perfected in the maturity, in the mark of true maturity, which is love, which is these living waters and the floods of the days of Noah, this love will produce for us a world peace. The love of Jesus and the cross and the gospel, the living word, with all the power and authority of the Holy Spirit behind this word, will slaughter all the other words working warfare, working fear, working manipulation, witchcraft, and religion. All the religious words will be devoured. You devour religious words, Satan stripped of 90% of his power on this planet. This word most importantly needs to devour the religious spirit and the religious word. The false prophetic. And there's a lot of that down here. 
And we just thank you, Father, for your word and the word that is completely saturated and filled with the very substance of the Garden of Eden, of the kingdom of heaven within us, going forth from our words and each person at the sound of my voice communicating a greater word, growing in the glory of the word of God out of our spirit through our circumcised hearts. A temple is an oracle. You are an oracle of the Word of God, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's what makes you princes and princesses, which in Hebrew is Israel, which means prince. That's what makes you princes with God Israelites, that you are the oracle of the Word of God. What is God's son? What is God's prince of peace? The Word of God. This same Word in the Bible, animated by the Spirit of God, that's heard in our ears, that brings life in our hearts and our blood, and builds up our spirit to a greater glory inside these temples each day. The bread of heaven. We thank you, Father, for your word, transforming us in every way, bringing a greater glory this day. Thank you, Jesus for all the deliverance and healing in the natural realm that's happening today. We release the angel armies assigned to this word, to this day, to this time, according to Father God's will for each one of these souls and for all of these bones of every listener's bone structure, receiving salvation from the word of God and all the angels of God that obey God's word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. <laughs> Amen. Bless you guys. If you'd like to give an offering, click the links in the description, and we'll see you tomorrow in Jesus' name. Glory. Thank you.